I want to ask you guys a question. How many of you guys, show of hands, have ever felt like, I wish my brain was a different brain, or I had things that were in some people's brains, I wish they were in my brain? Has anyone ever felt like that? Yeah? Like, for instance, some people are really good at math. I'm not. I took pre-algebra twice. I only got to algebra one. That's as far as I got. I literally cannot tell you what Y is. You'd be like, what's X? What's Y? I don't know. I can't find that. I don't. I'm so bad at it, you know? Um, have you guys ever seen The Matrix, anybody? Do you guys remember, like, back in the early 2000s? Okay, in that movie, I remember, like, they were trying to teach the guy kung fu. And he didn't know kung fu. He's like Keanu Reeves. He's like, sup, dude? And they actually transferred kung fu into his brain. They took, like, a hard drive that had all the kung fu on it and just beamed it into his brain. That would be amazing if we could transplant. Like, imagine, like, let's say you want to be a singer. You pop in a little hard drive, and all of a sudden, you can sing and play any instrument just like anyone in the world with, like, their skill. Imagine, like, you're playing a video game. You're like, I wish I was, like, the greatest gamer. You plug in, like, the strategy guide and every possible way to beat that game just beamed into your brain, and now you're the pro. And anytime you play a game, it's like a versus game. Like, you can just destroy people because you've downloaded that knowledge into your brain. Well, today... I want to start a new series called Think Different. And I want us to understand that we need to change the way we think. See, the world has downloaded its information into our brains, and it's caused us to think a certain way about a lot of different things. I want to challenge you guys during this series, just for a couple weeks, three weeks. Brian's going to do the one next week. Um, We're going to talk today about how to change the way we think about the subject of worth and beauty. What is worth something and what is beautiful? And I think the world a lot of times tells us what they think is worth something. Uh, and I mean that by a person. Like you, you can look at someone and by the world standards you can say, that person's worth my time. That person's worth my friendship. That person's worth my energy. By the, by the world standards you can look at someone and say, okay, by the world standards, they're beautiful. The way they're dressed, the way they're groomed, their haircut, their face, their makeup, their clothes, like they are, they're beautiful. The world has its own standards, but I want to look at some different standards. And we need to start by looking at this verse. Who knows Romans 12 too? Has anyone grown up hearing this verse? It's a great verse. If you've never heard it before, I'd love to introduce it to you guys. Romans 12 too says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's say it together, okay? One, two, three. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What we're trying to do, thank you, Bradley. <laughs> what we're trying to do is a brain transplant. We're trying to take our brains out and take Jesus' mind and have a, a mind transplant. We want to have the mind of Jesus. And I think this is a really important way that we look at worth and beauty. From the way we look at it, the world standards, and then what does God think about it? I want to read to you guys. This is uh, an article a girl posted online. She said, from a young age, I recognized a pattern in the movies I frequently watched. Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, their major goal is to be beautiful and find Prince Charming. Being young and impressionable, I too started dreaming of my Prince Charming I would meet one day and come to meet. As I got older, around my junior high years, I developed a collection of magazines due to my interest in style and fashion. 
I'd flip through so many every day without even noticing how and why I began to feel less and less confident in myself and more and more self-conscious about the way I looked. Pretty soon, I felt as though no guy would ever want me because of the way I looked. I began to think I'd never find my Prince Charming, and I was scared that no one would ever want to sweep me off my feet and rescue me. That's the way it was supposed to be, right? Wasn't a, a finding a Prince Charming supposed to be one of my top priorities? If only I looked more like the girls in the magazines, I would think to myself, then surely guys would want to be with me, and I'd feel better about myself. Now, I think this is something that is a problem that we all struggle with, and not just girls. I think guys, too. I mean, we struggle with it in different ways, but I think every single one of us wants to be accepted. Every single one of us wants to be loved, and there might be some of you guys here who are like, no, I look good, and I know I look good because people tell me every day. Well, that wasn't my story. That, that was a little bit different for me. You see, when I grew up, uh, I was a chubby kid in junior high. And I had frumpy kind of hair. I didn't know how to dress myself. My parents kind of dressed me, and they didn't know what was cool. So my nickname was Acornhead. And I got made fun of for my hair. I got made fun of for how chubby I was. I got made fun of for a lot of different things. And, and it definitely hurt, and it definitely was hard. And I asked myself all the time, like, what am I worth? Like, does anyone actually like me? Does anyone actually want to be my friend? Do people just put up with me? And are people just having pity on me? Like, like I didn't feel like anyone actually cared about me enough that they would look at me and go, Aaron is worth something to us. Aaron is important to us. And maybe that's how you feel. Maybe even, you know, you on the outside, you know, you kind of joke around and, you know, you kind of laugh about it. But on the inside, you struggle with wondering, does anyone really care about me? Am I worth something to people? And I think our view of this is, is it's constantly just, it's judgment. We pass judgment on ourselves and we pass judgment on other people. And, and we compare people to the, to the magazines and the movies and, and the musicians and, and even people on social media like the YouTubers that we follow or the people on Instagram that we follow. We constantly compare. Now, I've been known not to be observant. Uh, one of the things I never notice is people's shoes. Um, my, I cannot tell you what my best friend's shoes look like. Um, so, well, there was this one time my wife was like, hey, go get my shoes. And I was like, which shoes? She's like, the ones I wear every day. And I was like, uh, literally don't know which ones they are because I never look at shoes. But I was talking to a couple uh, girls at the school about this. And they were saying, oh, no, for us, it's way different. Anyone that we meet, we always are just looking up and down, like checking out their hair, their clothes, their shoes, just every little detail. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're an observant person and you can kind of look at someone and pass judgment based on what they're wearing, based on what they look, based on that outward appearance. Now, I want to ask you guys, I want you guys to think about the standard of beauty because really the world has a standard of beauty. If you look in the magazines, it says the top most beautiful people of 2014, the most attractive people, the most attractive girls, the most attractive guys of 2014. So for the rest of us, we'll sit there and we'll look at those magazines. And if you're a guy, you know, you look at the guys and you'll be like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to look at. If you're a girl, you'll be like, okay, these are the people the world says are the most beautiful people in the world. How can I be more like them? I want to ask you guys, have you ever divided people up into categories? Yes. Have you ever at your school seen people and you divide them up and you're like, okay, those are the attractive people. Those are the non-attractive people. These are the people who are kind of in the middle. These are the people who are socially cool. Those are the people who are socially awkward. And we can start putting people into like these little boxes and categories. And we are like, you know, these are the people who are worth my time. They are worth something. If, if, if I were to 
to sell this person, I would get a lot of money back for them. These are the people who are worth nothing. They're literally worthless. They can't do anything for me. They're annoying. They bug me. I don't like the way they look. They're socially awkward. They smell bad. I don't know if they've even discovered deodorant. We can do this in our mind, even if it's not coming out in our words. For some of us, it does through gossip. But for a lot of us, I really feel like we can honestly judge people by first impression. And I'm guilty of this. I was realizing this as I study. When I go into a grocery store, I was in the grocery store and um, I was shopping for my wife. I was picking up a few things so she could make a pasta salad. And there was people in the store and their appearance and the way they were talking and the way they were acting and even the way they got in front of me in the aisle and blocked the aisle, I started judging them. And I was like, I don't like these people. They're annoying. They're bothering me. And as I was studying this, the Lord was kind of showing me, you judge people. It's human nature to look at someone and just decide you know everything about them by that first impression. You run into someone and they're having a bad day and they're kind of a weird mood and you just immediately define them as, this is an annoying person, I don't like them. But it's so easy for us to do that, to define people, everything they are, based on whether or not they cut us off on the freeway, whether or not they were rude to us at school, whether or not we just don't plain like the way they look. We can easily make judgments on people based on that outward appearance. Have you ever looked at a, a guy who's interested in a girl and that thought comes in your mind, oh no, he is, she is way out of his league. That'll never work. No, she's up here, he's down here. And we have these social categories where it's like, it's okay for these two kids to date because they're both good looking, but that just wouldn't work because he doesn't look as good as her. Sometimes we can, we can really think that. I mean, think about it this way. When you guys watch a movie, there are often the, the, the most attractive people in the cast by the world standards are the, the leading man and the leading lady. And they're the main characters. And they're the ones we're rooting for is the most attractive people by what the world has told us is attractive. We're rooting for those two people to get together. Now, anyone by the world standards who's less attractive is usually cast as the best friend of the main character. And, and they're the ones who, like, they're the supporting character, but they don't get their own story. And what the world teaches you is that people who look this certain way are the only people who deserve to have their own life and their own story. And if you don't look that way, then you need to go and make sure that you end up looking that way. You need to work out. You need to start dieting. You need to take diet pills. You need to, it's, it's crazy. I, I've seen online some of the things out there for girls on Pinterest where they just post like these inspirational posts to like encourage girls to lose weight, but they're so just gross. It's like just basically saying to girls, you're not worth anything unless you look like this. You're not worth anything unless you force yourself to look like this. And you, even if you try really, really hard and you don't end up looking like the girls in the pictures, then you're worthless. And that's what the world tries to teach us. Have you ever felt like a supporting character in someone else's movie? I know I did in high school sometimes. The attractive, popular people around me. I felt like I was that goofy, ugly best friend who was just around for laughs and I was a supporting character in someone else's movie. Maybe you feel like that sometimes too. Well, now that I've depressed you, I want to bring up this verse again because we're going to spend the rest of the study talking about how we cannot be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I want you guys to have a new mindset about what is beautiful and what is worth something. So let's go through this. The first thing I want you guys to do is I want to challenge you guys to, to learn to see with the eyes of Jesus. And I just want to talk about a few stories. Jesus is my personal hero, so I love telling stories about him. There was once a time where there was a man 
in Israel with a withered hand. Basically, just imagine he was a grown man, but he had basically a baby hand, just a tiny little hand, withered up, just nasty with sores all over it. And basically, people looked at this man, and they didn't see anything that was worth anything. They saw him like, we can't hire him. He can't have a job. He can't do anything. He's worthless. The Pharisees looked at him, and they said, he's a sinner. And it's a sin that caused him to be this way. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus looked at him with completely different eyes. And he said, this is a beautiful person who was created by God who needs love. And Jesus went to him and just gave him a hug and said, you're healed. And sends the man away healed and showed him love. Zacchaeus, the wee little man. You guys know the story. Zacchaeus is a little guy. Little guy, little tax collector, sneaky little dude, stealing people's money. And Jesus comes to town. Zacchaeus is a tiny guy. He cannot see over the crowds. So he climbs a tree. And Zacchaeus has no self-worth. He's sitting up in the tree and he's like, no one likes me. I have no worth. Everyone knows I steal their money. People hate me. I'm short. No one cares about me. You know what Jesus does? Everyone looks at Zacchaeus and they go, look at that jerk up in the tree. But Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and says, that's a sinner who needs love. That's a sinner who needs forgiveness. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus... Come out of that tree. I'm coming to your house. Let's go have dinner together. That is amazing. Another wonderful story, one of my favorites, is Jesus is having a, he's at a party. He's hanging out with just the, the, the celebrities of Israel, you know, the, the people who are the, the important people. And in walks this prostitute. And everyone just looks at her and they're like, oh my goodness, who invited her here? This is sketchy. This is, I didn't know it was that kind of party. Like, this is crazy. This is weird. And she comes in and just starts crying. And everyone's like, ooh, awkward. This is strange. Security. And she gets down on her knees and she has this jar of oil and she starts pouring it all over Jesus' dirty, nasty feet. And then she grabs her hair and with the tears and the oil, she starts washing Jesus' feet. Now, I'll admit, if I was teaching and someone came in and started like washing one of your guys' feet with their hair and like crying, I'd be like, this is weird. That's what people are dealing with. They're seeing with the eyes of man... But you know what Jesus does? He sees with completely different eyes. You see, people look at her and they're like, she's a shameful person. She's a sinner. Get her out of here. Even Judas, one of the 12 disciples, he looked and said, this is ridiculous. This is, she's worthless. She's, she's wasting that oil. In Judas's eyes, that oil was expensive. In Judas's eyes, the oil was more, worth more than she was. And she's crying. She's pouring out this oil. And Judas says, we could have sold that oil and had money for ourselves. You know what Jesus says? He says, she is awesome. She is worshiping. She is a worshiper. She's repenting for her sins. This is incredible. She is worth so much. We need to learn to see people with the eyes of Jesus. You see, we're talking about true beauty. We need to talk about it in the sense of like how it affects the way we look at relationships with the people around us, okay? Proverbs 31, 30. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty fades away. Now, guys, I mean, I know traditionally this verse is directed only towards girls, but guys, I mean, charm, charming, Prince Charming, right? That's the way we say it. And guys, a lot of times, girls, I mean, you know, guys are trying to be so charming around you guys. 
Guys are trying to be so charming around you girls in junior high. And that's what it's all about. I remember it's like, oh, I've got to say the right things. I've got to crack a joke. When I was a kid, if I could be charming around girls, if I could say something that made them laugh, like I was just like, yes, this is the best day of my life. It's all about being Mr. Charming and flirting. Uh, a lot of times I see, it's crazy, I see guys in high school who have a girlfriend and they still flirt with every other girl in their path which is crazy and not good. Uh, but charm is deceitful. You know why? Girls, pay attention, okay? Guys being charming, they seem so charming at first. You know what? If you end up dating them and eventually marrying them one day, you're going to find out charm is deceitful because they're sinners. When I was dating Brooklyn, I was so stinking charming. So I, I, she told me, like, you know, you sweep me on my feet. Like, you used to be so nice to me. I, I'm still nice to her. I, I try really hard to be, like, the nicest husband ever. But you know what? I'm a sinner. And as charming as I try to be, sometimes I fail. Sometimes I say really stupid things. Sometimes I say really offensive things that hurt her feelings because I'm a sinner. No amount of charm makes up for the fact that I'm a fallen sinner with a sin nature. Girls, beauty, it fades away. It's here for a while, but then it goes. And it's, it's so sad because so often... Beauty is the focus of a young girl's life. It's, I've got to be the most beautiful thing I can possibly be, and I've got to look at these magazines and these people, and it's like, I've got to be like them, or I'm not worth anything. And the sad thing is, I mean, it, it fades away. And if there's nothing beautiful on the inside, when that beauty on the outside fades away, people are going to really see that there's no beauty on the inside. Beauty on the outside is just temporary. Sometimes I see girls just stressing out, like on social media, they'll post on Instagram a picture of themselves where they're trying to look all cute, and then they'll get like two likes and they were expecting 30, and they'll take the picture down. And I just know there, there's that, that sadness and that struggle, like, I thought I was beautiful, and I put myself out there, and no one liked it, I must be ugly. And that's so not true. Beauty fades away. Beauty on the outside, outer beauty, it does not last. So why do we make it the main focus of our lives? Why are we so, like, defining who we are based on what other people think of us and judging us against Hollywood and things like that? That's not who people should see us for who we are. That's not the person that we need to strive to be. And I've been there. I've looked at male celebrities and, and even guys in my school and I've just been like I want to look like them I want to be like them and I was judging people based on do I look skinny enough do I look cool enough is my hair cool enough are my clothes cool enough and I struggled with that for a long time and to be honest I still do maybe you look in the mirror sometimes and you're like I hate it like maybe sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like I really do not like what I see in this mirror and you go to school and you're just so down on yourself and you're pretending like everything's okay, but in the inside, you're like, I hate what I see in the mirror. And I think it's because we have a messed up view of what beauty really is. Here's something you need to understand. Outward beauty is temporary, but inner beauty is forever. Girls, there's so much pressure to live up to standards. I know that. There's so much pressure. Guys, there's so much pressure to be cool. There's so much pressure to just be this confident, just athletic, just super strong, super cool, super witty, intelligent, funny guy. I know there's, there's so much pressure on both sides. And we think what we have to offer on the outside is what makes us worth something. I want you guys to think about this. Imagine, you know, you're at some guy's house and he's got this vase and he loves it. He's like, this vase is worth so much to me. And you look at it and you're like, mm, it's not really, not really my kind of art. You know, I don't, it's okay. 
But the, he's just like, it's so beautiful. It's worth so much. And you're like, yeah, if you think so, man. And you come back a year later, and that vase is just getting old. It's like dusty. It's got dirt all over it. It's just like, I don't know what he was doing with that vase. He left it outside or something. But it's just, it's just looking kind of nasty, and it's cracked and stuff. And you come over, and you're like, man, you need to take better care of your vase. And he's like, are you kidding me? This vase is beautiful. I love this vase. It is worth so much. And you're like, what are you talking about? And then you end up knocking over the vase, and it just breaks open. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. But you notice what was inside the vase. It was gold. Gold. Just tons and tons of gold. This is how God sees you. The the Bible says that God does not look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the inside. It's not about what's on the outside. That fades and goes away. It doesn't matter. But it's what's on the inside that is valuable to God. And I'm I'm so tired of the lie our culture is feeding you guys about beauty and worth. I'm, I'm really, really tired about it. I'm tired of people telling you that you have to look a certain way and you have to act a certain way and talk a certain way to be worth anything. It is so sad that we judge each other based on these things. We, we treat people basically just like objects to look at. And I see a double standard sometimes, you know, because and I, I want to say this really quick, okay, because I think it's important. And Brooklyn and I talked about this and I asked her, is this okay to say? But... Um, you know, guys, obviously, uh, I know that sometimes guys will watch a movie or a TV show and they'll be like, oh my gosh, that girl is so hot. She's so good. Oh my gosh, that girl. Oh, she's gorgeous. Or maybe it's a girl in your school and you're talking with your friends. You're like, oh, that girl's so hot. I remember even at Bible college, I was in the dorms at Bible college and all the guys were like rating the different girls in the Bible college. Like, she's so cool. I like her hair. Uh, she's, she's awesome. And like talking about the, just the way they looked. And it's sad. But I've seen girls do it too. I've seen girls on the Instagram. They got like Man Crush Monday going on or whatever. And it's like some shirtless dude. And I just want to say, if, if junior high boys are on Instagram and they're looking at girls like basically wearing their bathing suits and they're like, oh, so hot. People go, oh, gross. Those guys are nasty. But girls, for some reason, can get away with looking at shirtless guys on Instagram and going, oh, they're so hot. Look at Harry Styles. So hot. It's, it's a double standard. It's, it's, I, I believe it's us having a wrong idea of what um, beauty really is. Now, listen. I love my wife. I'm so attracted to my wife. I don't want to gross you out, but like seriously, she's the cutest, most beautiful, most amazing person in the world to me. And every day, I find something new to just be attracted to her about, whether it's the way she says something, the way she flips her hair, you know, um, just, I mean, she's so cute. Just, and, and you know what's awesome is I'm most attracted to her in her heart. I remember meeting her at England in Bible college, just going, man, that girl's cute. And then I found out about her heart and just everything about the outside appearance just became even just more beautiful. And every day I knew her, every day I spent time with her, it was what was in her heart that just drew out all the beauty in her. And she's so beautiful on the outside and on the inside. And that is the most attractive thing to me. And I think it's really sad when people get attracted to the outward appearance. I think it's really sad when people put everything on the outward appearance and they look at a guy or a girl and it's like, they're so cute. And then they get in a relationship with them or they get, I remember Jason Duff was talking about, um, he had a girlfriend in high school and she was like, oh, Jason's so cute. And one day Jason was playing golf and he made a bet with somebody. He's like, hey, if I lose, I'll shave my head. Well, he lost and shaved his head. The next day his girlfriend dumped him. She's like, I can't be the bald guy. And we have, we're so shallow. 
We're so shallow. It's all about appearance. I've heard girls before. I don't know why this is just a pet peeve, but I heard girls before, and it's like, I would never date a guy. I would never marry a guy who's shorter than me. It's like, really? What if he's the most amazing, godly, wonderful person that God? No, I just would no. And it's like, we have these standards of what is beautiful. Guys, you know you have it. You know that you've been influenced by the culture. You know that you've been influenced by all these things. And I think it's sad. See, it's sad when people base everything on appearance because what happens is people get married and then their appearance changes. Maybe they gain a little bit of weight. Maybe their nose gets bigger. Maybe their hair turns gray. And people get divorced based on these appearance changes because their relationship was not based on anything in the heart. And it's so sad. It is so completely sad. You see, my wife has so much inner beauty. It makes everything on the outside that much more beautiful. And, and I told her before, Brooklyn, you are going to be the cutest little old lady one day. And I cannot wait to be a little old man with you and hang out on the porch, sipping lemonade, holding hands on our rocking chairs. It is going to be amazing. See, guys and girls, young men, young women, please stop letting culture define who deserves to be called beautiful, and who is worthy of love. Guys, I want to speak to the guys in a second, or right now. (laughs) Guys, listen. Listen up. The world is telling you what a beautiful girl is supposed to be. Every time you turn on the TV, every time you go to the movies, they're telling you this is what a beautiful girl looks like, this is the way a beautiful girl talks, this is the way a beautiful girl acts, and it's a lie. And it's crazy for you guys because some of you guys might be restricted on what you can do and what movies you can see, what movie shows you can talk to. But they've been slipping this kind of stuff in video games even since I was a little kid. I mean, sure, back in the early Mario days, Princess Peach was like six pixels. So there wasn't you know, that much. But, but nowadays, I mean, video games are super like, I mean, it's crazy. It's nasty. Like, and I know pretty much from being a kid, it would be crazy. I'd go to my friend's house and there would always be like, we play fighting games or whatever. And there would always be that one girl character with the sketchy outfit. And I had a friend who was always like, dude, she has the best moves. Like her, her moves are the best. So I'm going to be her. And we'd all have to look at this girl in this sketchy outfit. And it was, it was wrong. And, and it, we, we put up with it though, because it's a video game. We, we put up with these games that teach us these wrong views about what a girl should be. And it's a lie from the enemy. And here's the problem. If, guys, if you grow up watching all these girls on TV and movies and video games and buying into it and even going to movies that you know you shouldn't go to and playing games you know you shouldn't that portray women in this way, you're going to grow up and you're going to have these super huge expectations and it's not fair to the girls in your life because you're going to miss out on the beautiful, wonderful hearts that God has given them because you're expecting them to look a certain way. And I know some guys who are like my age, and there's just all these wonderful godly girls around them, but they won't date any of them because they're waiting for a girl who looks like a girl in the magazines. And that's wrong. So wrong. We should not put that pressure on one another. Here's something that you all need to hear. Everyone is beautiful. How can you say that, Aaron? That's not true. Some people are hot. Some people are not. That's, That's how we feel sometimes. Like we put people in those categories, remember? But listen, here's why everyone is beautiful. When God decided to create man, he said, let us create man in our own image. 
you are designed and created after the image of a perfect, wonderful, amazing God. It doesn't matter if you look the way the magazines or the video games or the TV shows tell you that you're supposed to look. Whether you're a guy or a girl, you are created beautifully and wonderfully by God. In Psalm 139.14 it says, I praise you God for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Does your soul know that? Do you look in the mirror and do you hate it? Do you hate God's creation? Sometimes I have. And I struggle with my weight still. I am way heavier than I want to be right now. And it is very difficult at times because even I, I, get, I get out of breath just doing really short things sometimes. And I hate that. I never wanted to be the big youth pastor. I know, honestly, like I say I'm big sometimes. And some of you guys are like, no, you're not. Because I don't, I don't look like a huge guy. But I weigh like 270 pounds right now. And I know. And, uh, and it's, it's hard. It's frustrating for me. Um, but you know what? Something I have to tell myself all the time is even though I'm bigger, even though I'm out of shape than I want to be, I am created in the image of God. And what's much more important than my outward appearance is the inward appearance of my heart. And that comes not from exercising, not from doing all those things, but it comes from spending time with Jesus. And I know some people who are just huge, but they have the biggest hearts for the Lord. And they are some of the most beautiful people that I know. Now listen, to God, all people are beautiful. And I want to illustrate that by showing you guys something. First Samuel 16, 7 says, A man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, living with my parents and my three younger brothers. I am blessed that I was raised by godly parents who took me to church from the time I was a baby. They taught me about God and hope too and encouraged me to learn my Sunday school memory verses every week. I was born in April of 1975 with a tradition known as Golden Heart Syndrome. It affects people in different ways, but it causes craniofacial deformities. In my case, I was born without a right ear, lung, or thumb. In addition, I am missing some of the bones on the right side of my face, including my right jawbone. I was born with a cleft lip and a cleft palate. I was also born with a hole between the top two chambers of the heart. Sometimes it still hurts to be different. It hurts when people laugh at me or make fun of me. Many people are unsure of how to treat me and may feel uncomfortable around me. Sometimes we tend to think that just because people may look differently on the outside, then they must be different on the inside. I'm just as guilty of this as anyone else. However, I think that if we would all take the opportunity to get to know people as they are, we would discover that human nature and emotions are pretty much the same for everyone. For example, my everyday life is much like anyone's. I get up every morning and I go to work. I have errands to run. I enjoy traveling and reading, visiting with my family and friends. Some people think that they need to walk on ice around me and never laugh or have fun with me. But I'm a real person, just like everyone else. I'm very happy as the person that I am. I'm not ashamed because I know that God created me and that He loves me just the way I am. 
I try to be thankful for all the things he has given me. We tend to take things for granted, myself included. But the last thing I want from other people is pity because I know that I'm important to God. So that's incredible. It's really, really incredible. And the sad thing is when I went on YouTube and I was looking at the comments, you know, that people left on her video, there was one guy who's like, you know what? If I saw you across the hallway at school, I probably would have never talked to you because I would have just been just weirded out by you. And just, I, I thought you were less than me. And, but he said to us after watching that video, like it opened up my eyes to see that you really are beautiful. God created you and he gave you a soul, a beautiful heart. The things that that girl probably had to go through, I mean, just some of you guys might feel like it's hard for you at school. This, I mean, you, you can never even imagine what that girl had to go through. Just the feelings of rejection and just, just watching all of her friends get dates to the dance and she's the one girl who doesn't have the date. That is so hard. The, the rejection and just, I mean, but God loves her so much. And God cares for her so much. And God sees her with the eyes, not of man, but he sees the heart on the inside. I want you guys to imagine, can you, can you imagine a, a family of Christians, a church? That's what we are, a family of Christians. Can you guys imagine a family of Christians who made everyone feel beautiful? Can you imagine what that would be like? Maybe you're saying like, oh, I get it. Like a, a group of Christians who make the less pretty people feel better about themselves, like out of pity. No, I mean a group of people who actually really understands that everyone is beautiful. A group of Christians who understand that the way the world ranks beauty and looks is completely ridiculous and not up to standard with what God believes. A group of Christians who, who are going to stop looking at people and saying, oh, they're attractive, they're not but a group of Christians who are going to look at everyone and see the real, true inner beauty in every single person. Let's stop caring so much about that outward appearance and let's see what is beautiful inside of everyone, that everyone is worth loving, that everyone deserves love. Imagine a group of people who are going to stop judging everyone by their hair, their shoes, their teeth, their body size, their clothes, and in fact, just stopped judging people altogether and instead went on a quest to find every beautiful thing they could possibly find. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you treated everyone like they deserved to be treated? If you treated everyone like they were beautiful? If you treated everyone like they were worth love and attention? Can you imagine what that would mean for you and what that would mean for them? Genuine compliments like complimenting people and not just like, you know, like just silly little like, oh, I'll try to make them feel better about themselves because I don't like their hair, but oh, your hair looks nice. I'm talking about like actually really truly meaning it. And that can't happen until you have a heart transplant. That can't happen until you have a mind transplant. That's why when we sing in worship, Lord, change my heart, change my mind to yours. That's why we need to mean it. We can't do this because the world's standard is so much engraved into our brain. We need to pray and ask God to give us a brain transplant. Can you imagine 
what life would be like if you started offering your friendship to everyone, to the people you feel like don't deserve it, to the people you feel like aren't attractive enough to be in your group of people because you somehow have risen to the attractive, cool, popular people circle. Can you imagine what would happen is if you treated everyone with love and respect. Why would we do that? Well, because love belongs to everyone. How can you say that? There's some people who deserve to be loved. There's some people who don't. No, that's not true. Listen, love belongs to everyone because God decided that loves belong to everyone. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. God decided, not you, not the magazines, not the internet, not the movies, not the video games, not the music, but God decided that everyone deserves love. Love doesn't cost a thing, but love costs everything. Let me say it again. Love doesn't cost a thing, but love costs everything. It doesn't cost you one bit to be loved. You already have it. God loves you. He created you. He desires a relationship with you, but it cost him everything. It cost him his son. It cost him pain like we can never imagine. So we should love one another. We must love one another because love belongs to everyone. It's not because we're good people and we earn love, but God decided that everyone deserves his love. Now, this is a man who's got a horrible, horrible skin condition. He grew up his whole life. This guy's name is Riva Venezia. He's an Italian man with just this nasty, horrible skin condition. And he grew up his whole life without love because of it. Even his own father, and this is what's crazy, his father is a volunteer at a hospital helping people like this, but he's never given his own son a hug because he's embarrassed by the way his son looks. Well, one of our, the Christian leaders in the world today, um, which actually I think is a really cool guy, his name is Pope Francis. He's the new leader of the Catholic Church. And this guy is really cool, I think, because I can tell he loves Jesus and he follows Jesus. By the things he says, the things I read about him, this guy really actually believes and follows who Jesus is. And what I thought was crazy is the, the Pope went out on a, on a parade, and he was um, just saying hi to people and blessing people, and he saw this man in the crowd, and he stopped everything, and he got down, and he gave the man a hug, and he gave the man a kiss on the head, and he, he, he told him, God loves you. And I read the interview with this man afterwards, and he was like, no one has ever done that for me. No one has ever taken the time to stop and tell me about Jesus. No one has ever taken the time to give me a hug. And this man's life was changed by the act of kindness of one person. There's people all around us who need to be told they're beautiful. There's people all around us, not because it's like, if, if you come at it from this area, if, if you're someone who, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, I look good, and everyone's telling you, like, oh, you're so pretty. If, if you come at it and you're like, I'm beautiful, and I need to find the people who are less beautiful and take pity on them, that's, that's not the heart we need to have. We need to realize that we're all sinners. On the inside, there is so much ugliness. But it's Jesus who takes away our ugliest. The most beautiful people in the world are the ones who understand that. We need to wrap it up. So I planned a little bit too much. I want to finish with this, okay? You're worth dying for. Now listen, 
I don't know if you're like me, but, well, I've noticed on Instagram, social media posts from kids your age, even kids I know, who've posted things like, if I were to die tomorrow, who would come to my funeral? If I were to die, who would even care? And I see this all the time, is kids want to know, do people actually care about me enough? I used to think this. I used to struggle with just feeling like no one cared about me. There would be times where I'd, you know, I'd talk to my friends, people I thought were my friends, and I'd be like, hey, do you guys want to go hang out? Like, do you want to see that new movie? And they'd be like, no, we're busy. So I'd go to the movie myself, and I'd show up. This happened to me once. I showed up, and my friends were there in the movie theater. They went without me, and they told me they had plans. And that hurt so bad. And I used to think, do people actually care about me? If I were to die... Would people be sad for a minute, but they wouldn't actually care? Would people actually come to my funeral? Would anyone say anything at my funeral? I used to think things like that. And maybe you think that. Maybe you think, am I worth anything? Am I worth anything? Because I don't feel like that from the people around me. Well, listen, I need you to know that you are worth dying for. I want to tell you guys a story. You guys know the story of Jesus, and he's on the cross, dying for our sins, and he's hanging there bleeding to death, struggling to breathe. And on his left is a thief, and on his right is a thief. These are men who have murdered, men who have stolen, men who have committed crimes, and they're being put to death with Jesus. Jesus was innocent, but those men were guilty. And the one thief on the right side was just angry and bitter. But the thief on the left side, this guy, he's thinking about his life and he's thinking with regret, I've done terrible things. I deserve this punishment. I'm a sinner. And I think he remembered back when his mother may have taught him the Hebrew scriptures, the the young boys in the nation of Israel would have to learn the Bible, pretty much memorize it. And I remember, or I wonder if he remembered back to the book of Joel when his mother would teach him, when it would say, he who calls out on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as he's hanging there, he's remembering those words and he looks at Jesus and he realizes, this is the Lord. This is the one. He is the one. He is God. And as this man is literally, he's on the border of hell. He's on the edge of hell and he's falling down into the pit of hell as he's passing away, as he's dying. He calls out and says, Lord, remember me when you're in your kingdom. And as he's falling into that pit of hell, it's like Jesus reaches out his hand and grabs him and pulls up and says, I tell you this, you will be there with me. You are going to heaven with me. It's amazing. See, in the, in the morning, in the morning, that man came out cursing. The Bible says in Matthew and Mark, it tells us that the thieves came out just swearing and cussing out everybody because of what was happening to them. In the morning, he was cursing, but in the evening, he met Jesus, and now he was blessed beyond his wildest dreams. In the morning, this guy was known as a thief, but in the evening, after he met Jesus, he was known as a saint instantly. In the morning, this guy had a heart that was black and dark and wicked as sin itself, but in the evening, this man was as white as snow. His sins washed away, completely pure. He was worth dying for. We all were. To Jesus, as much, as little self-worth as you have, as much as you might think you're not good enough, as much as you might look at people in Hollywood or magazines and think you don't measure up to those people, or even people in your own school, you were worth dying for. That is a big stinking deal. You were worth 
dying for. Jesus loved you so much that he died for you on the cross. If you were the only person on the planet at the time, he still would have died for you. That's crazy. So what are you going to do with this information? I want to ask you guys. Are you going to think differently? Are you going to stop judging people? Are you going to stop saying, these are the people who deserve love, these are the people who don't, and realize that none of us deserve love, but God gave it to us anyway. So therefore, by God's decree, we all deserve love from one another. We're all sinners, but we need to love one another. We need to bless people. Please go and and see the world through Jesus' eyes. Look for the poor. Look for the needy. Look for the people in your life who don't have friends and go be their friends. Go be the change in their life. Forget about being cool. Forget about being popular. Forget about looking a certain way and realize that when you step away from your popular group of friends who don't care about Jesus at all, maybe at your school, maybe you go through that, and you go and you sit down with that kid who you know is just having a hard time and you share with them about maybe your own struggles and you say, can I pray for you? And you tell them about Jesus. To God, that is the most beautiful, amazing thing in the world. That is what true beauty is. It's a heart that loves people unconditionally. It's a heart that serves people no matter what. It's a heart that puts other people first. Those are the things that are beautiful to God. Let's stop trying so hard to look beautiful to everyone around us because that fades. And instead, let's be beautiful to the Lord. Let's worship Him. Let's love Him. Let's reach out to others. Think different, okay? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I love you so much. I'm so thankful that you died for a sinner like me. I did not deserve it, but you paid the price for me. And I know that if I put my trust in you, I can be saved. And I'm so thankful for that. God, I pray that you'd help us to stop judging the people around us. I pray you'd help us to stop putting people into different boxes and categories. But we'd realize that everyone deserves love from the really pretty, attractive girl at school to the homeless man on the street who smells terrible. They all deserve an equal amount of love. No one deserves more love than anyone else. We all we all don't deserve love at all, really. But it's because you chose to love us that we must love one another. And God, I pray for these kids that you would shift their brain, help them to see people with your eyes, help them to realize how fake and phony and false all this outward appearance nonsense is, and that they would realize that they are truly beautiful and truly loved by a God who created them for the purpose of having a relationship with them. Help us, God, to walk with you in that relationship. I pray for the girls here that they would not find their worth and their beauty in anything else but you. I pray for the young men here that they would not see any beauty but your beauty. I pray that you and your personality and who you are would define for these young men what beauty truly is and that one day they would see that beauty in the girls around them and that they would just be willing not to go out and get a girl and and just win a girl, but that they would realize that to be in a relationship with a girl is, is God taking his precious daughter and handing them to a young man and saying, please take care of her. Please watch over her for me. It's so different from what the world teaches, God. Help us, Lord, to learn from you these things. Change our mind, change our hearts. We love you, God. In your name, amen.